I think as a woman in the industry, it was really being able to say no to things, mm. being able to stand up for myself and have hard conversations when I wasn't comfortable with something. I love that. And I think that it's a really wonderful place to be in, but it doesn't happen overnight. And I think a lot of actors in general and people in the industry can relate, but I think for me, the growth really came when I like put my foot down in a situation and I was like, I'm not comfortable with this. Mm. And I don't care what percentage you're taking, I'm not doing this, you know? And in, in, in one aspect, it, um, it cost me a job and it cost me a really big job, but my worth and value and morals were stronger than that paycheck. What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Inspire to Inspire podcast, the place where actors, filmmakers, and content creators can tune in and just learn how to connect the dots within their own journey. Today, we got a really dope guest. I'm stoked. I've been trying to get here on the episode for a few <laughs> weeks now, but you know, everybody got busy schedules and we all making power moves, so you got to give some respect. So today, we got Veronica Dash. Hello, guys. She's actually born in the Ukraine, okay? Veronica Dash has been seen on all kinds of different TV shows, CSI, Vegas, when it comes to Lucifer. She even has a movie called Youth that she was a beast in. You've seen it probably in <laughs> Cadillac Records. I don't know. I can keep throwing out all kinds of, you know, credits. But I know over the years, you've been working. And, and, and it's really actually dope to when I did my, my research on you, right? I was like, damn. <laughs> this girl has been working since 2008. She's been at it. 2008, yep. you've been doing your thing. Yeah. Holy shit. So, first of all, you're from the Ukraine. You speak English, you speak Russian, and mm -hmm. you speak Italian. Yes. Okay, so uh, how did the, the, the whole process even come from? You come from Ukraine to L.A., want to become an actress, the whole night. You know, I always think about this, actually. Like, if mm -hmm. my parents didn't immigrate from... Kiev, where I was born, mm -hmm. Ukraine, to America, would I be an actress? Mm. Would I be a creative? Would I be a performer? And I don't know. Maybe. Maybe I would be an Eastern European actress, and then I'd be on your podcast, and I'd have a Russian accent. I don't mm. know. Um, but yeah, they came when I was about two years old. Mm. So I grew up in New York, and I think my first love of performing came from the theater, a.k.a. school plays. The theater of yes, Julia the Hart. Yes, the theater. And <laughs> I used to um, go to Broadway shows all the time and off-Broadway shows. Vibes. And I, I was just so moved by the performers and also how they affected the audience and how you know, they make us feel all these emotions. And we leave the theater and there's just like so much chatter. Mm. And everyone has different... Uh, you know, takeaways and experiences and emotions. And I just kind of, I, I fell in love with it. And I'm happy that my parents made me speak Russian at home. 
I was not always a fan, let me tell mm, you. <laughs> mm. My mom would like come pick me up from school and, you know, she'd like bring cookies or something and she would like take me, you know, on the side and, and speak mm. Russian to me and I would tell her to like be quiet because it's really embarrassing. Really? Yeah, because I was different and no one in my school spoke Russian and it felt very kind of... Like foreign. Foreign. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, when you're growing up, you want to be like everyone else. You want to be cool. You want to fit you. in. You want to, you know, you want to have the, the, the white bread with the bologna sandwiches. Mm -hmm. And uh, I had very interesting Eastern European cuisine, okay. like a liverwurst, you know. Mm -hmm. So um, if you could imagine what that looks like, it's not very appealing no bueno. aesthetically yeah, no, <laughs> to the no, eye no, 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 when you're uh, 10 years old. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah, and then in terms of Italian, I... I've just always loved the language. I've always loved Italian cinema, Italian mm. music, Italian fashion. So I studied it in school and then I studied it uh, in college after. And I went to Italy actually. Instead of having a sweet 16, um, my parents took me there for an entire month. So I, I missed school for a good while. No, but, but that's dope. I brought back lots of souvenirs for everyone. Yeah. So no one was mad. <laughs> no, I think look, I think that's fire because I love the fact that like your family kept you so well rounded. Yeah, you absolutely. Know? Being well rounded, um, I feel like gives you so many characteristics, traits to be able to adapt, right? Yeah. And you already know being in Hollywood, being being in LA, you gotta be adaptable. Oh, you gotta absolutely. Be able to adjust <laughs> and, and for a, for a little bit, you know, it, for me for for a while you know, I, I used to kind of feel like almost like a circus monkey. Like, yeah, I can do this. Yeah, I can do that. Yeah, I can do this. You know, so throughout your journey as an actress, you know, being required to, you know, be able to do X, Y, and Z here, X, Y, and Z there, where do you feel like your lane is in terms of like your vision, in terms of like how you want to continue to be perceived as an actress and type mm -hmm. of roles you want to do, you know? I think that's a great question. I think that you know, we always have a vision of what we want and then there's what the world puts on us. Mm -hmm. And so I think, you know, typecasting is a real thing. And sometimes if you look a certain way, it's very likely you're going to continue booking those roles unless you do the work to show mm -hmm. that you can do other things. Absolutely. And, you know, I am theatrically trained. I've done Shakespeare. Mm -hmm. I've done, you know, dramas and I get cast in comedy, I think, because my energy as a person mm -hmm. is so um, it's lovely and yeah, bright. Yeah, lovely energy. And um, <laughs> some would say funny. She walks in the room, but, she's like, what's up, yo? This is really cool. Everybody's like, oh, these here. Right, but I, I think, it. you know, what makes an artist interesting is that dichotomy of, like, what the world sees and mm. then actually the depth of what you have to offer. 1, so. I, in short, kind of want to do everything, mm. but the roles that I'm attracted to most, I think, are more on like a darker, dramatic, three-dimensional side. I think mm. comedy is very difficult, and that's by yeah. no means to say that comedy is easy, but I think it's it comes a little more naturally to me in terms of like how my personality is. I feel that. You know? I feel that. I love that because... Uh, I saw one of your scenes in your reel, and it, it was like uh, you had like this dog's barking over here. Um, Love dogs. <laughs> um, one more time, come on! Now you gonna bark one more time? One more time, <laughs> Just get it out. There we go. Oh, it's he's like the little poodle guy. 
Yeah, he sees that poodle. It it's is a rat, war. And they want to cause fades. Like this dog is ready for war. <laughs> okay, That's so cute. um, uh, what I was gonna say is is a uh, I, I love the fact that like you're like look I know what my lane is I know what I want to do but I remember watching this clip in your trailer right in your room and you got like this phone booth and it's like this like green is kind of vibe and you're speaking full Russian and. Ты меня больше никогда не увидишь. Ты меня никогда не найдешь. Я надеюсь, что я буду далеко, далеко от тебя. I was like, yo, Veronica got, got some chops on her, man. Like, this is like, it's so dope seeing that realm because for me, like, I'm so used to the bright, bubbly energy, you know. Totally. It's very approachable. Yeah. Make everybody feel loved and appreciated. But then, like, you know, She's in a situation, this character now is speaking full-blown Russian. And I'm like, all right, this is such a dope side to see. So that's more like the realm you like when it's like that dark, gritty type of vibe, right? Is this more like Yeah, I think it's because it's so disassociated from mm. who I am that makes it more fun oh, to those tap. Are the best roles. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> those are the best. Right? That's like what actors want to do. Mm. They they want to they want to transform. They they don't just want to play mm. the trophy wife or Especially. like the cheerleader. Yes. Like we love it, mm. but also there's all these other gamuts you can explore. You mm -hmm. know, if you have the training and you have the chops and you do the workshops and, you know, all the things. And what's interesting about the scene you're referencing is it's this film I did. Um, it's actually not even out yet, but okay. I forced him to give me that scene. That footage. And it is my first take. Okay, it is I my first it. and only take. I love that. So Y'all must have to been on a rush that day then. <laughs> oh yeah, it was guerrilla yeah, filming yeah, 101. Yeah, yeah, okay. Absolutely. And it was oh, like know, freezing right. outside and I, you just kind of use, you know, you use everything in the scene. Mm. And yeah, we wrapped it and he's like, all right, we gotta go, we gotta move. I love that though. <laughs> Those are like some of my favorite moments though, where it's like what you're actually doing is completely different than what somebody's looking at. You're like, Oh, absolutely. No, you don't understand. It was so cold that day mm -hmm. and I'm in like no shirt right now or barely in any clothes. And I'm like, this shit is like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So yeah. here's here's what's cool. So so your journey, you know, you, you started working I, I, I say in what, two thousand eight? Yeah, I think that was my first like IMDb credit. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So my question is this, like over the years, right, as you've evolved as an actress, um, what are some of the things that like you struggle with and how did you like overcome that? How did you evolve into who you feel like you are now versus then, you know? I feel like everyone in general is a work in progress, no matter where you are in your journey. Mm. And I think there's something kind of nice about that because you never really reach a place of comfort in the sense of like you can always learn something new mm. you know you can always grow a little more you can always try something new you could always learn a new language learn a new accent and I think that for me in particular I think as a woman in the industry it was really being able to say no to things, mm. being able to stand up for myself and have hard conversations when I wasn't comfortable with something. I love that. And I think that 
it's a really wonderful place to be in, but it doesn't happen overnight. And I think a lot of actors in general and people in the industry can relate, but I think for me, the growth really came when I like put my foot down in a situation and I was like, I'm not comfortable with this. Mm. And I don't care what percentage you're taking, I'm not doing this, mm. you know? And in, in, in one aspect, it, um, it cost me a job and it cost me a really big job. Mm. But my worth and value and morals were stronger than that paycheck. And I love that because in Hollywood, majority of the time, it's reversed. Oh, yeah. It's reversed. And I don't want to have nightmares, yeah. <laughs> you and, know? And being able to, like you said, sleep at night, be able to have a peace of mind. Yeah. And, and I, I, I love you sharing the story, right? Because it's something I wanted to dive into just in terms of you being a woman in the industry. You've been working over the course of years. But, you know, at the end of the day, you know, um, as actors, I can truthfully say that, you know, the women really have a different experience you know, than the men do. And, yeah. and, and some of those experiences have to do with just simply saying no. Right? Yeah. Saying like, hey, I'm not cool with this. I know that like this, uh, this might be an idea or whatever, but like, I, I'm not cool with this. And, and yeah. having value for yourself, sometimes I feel like as if it's gone still, if you go about it in a respectful way, but you haven't having value for yourself and being like, hey, look, it cost me a job. This, this this thing is not worth my my, my sanity. Like, yeah. I'm going to look back three, four years from now and be like, ah, shit. And that, that feeling is like, right. you know? But my question is this, is after you said no to that job, did something bigger come after that? Yeah. And and you know what's funny is... That's how it usually works. That's why I ask. Absolutely. <laughs> is that the craziest shit? It, it is, but it, it like, feels like so aligned, you yeah, know? Because yeah. when that went down, it was... Um, kind of traumatizing because it was like I was supposed to start shooting Monday. Mm. My birthday was on the Tuesday. I didn't plan any birthdays because I was like, I'll be on set, y'all. Like, I'm good. Yeah, he's working. He's and, locking. you know, I got a call on Sunday mm. from my agent. And I was, like, getting a pedicure. And she mm. was like, I have some bad news. And I was like, here we go. I already knew. I already knew mm. what it was. But um, that also caused me to change up my team, mm. which is also essential to your growth absolutely you know like sometimes it's hard to send that email and have that conversation of like i'm ready hard. to move on yeah. and sometimes they won't accept it yeah. and you you got to do what you got to do and it's like that was so hard for me to do the first time like so to this day um my first agent uh we're actually we're still cool which is great yeah but yeah. i remember sending that that email and i was like damn like this is the guy that i feel like you know that, that gave me my first shot. That yeah. signed me. You know, I was signed with him for six years. Yeah. Was able to book my first big show. But it's like, it gets to a point in life and career where it's like, if the people on your team aren't prioritizing you, it only affects you. It doesn't affect them because totally. they have a multitude of clients that they're working from, they're working mm -hmm. for, they're making money off of. But yeah. it's like, if they're not prioritizing you, not everybody's on the same island, it really hurts you, you know? And yeah. having to send that email, this is something I really want a lot of just actors, just in general, just to really understand. If your management or your agent is 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 not on the same island, you need to really have some deep thinking because yeah. it's very important for me, I know, for you to have a good relationship. Mm -hmm. Me and my team can go have a drink, go have dinner. We've actually been to Coachella together. You know oh, that's saying? awesome. But yeah. they're still like yes. on their shit. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so, so I love that you're like, yo, I have to just let this person go. Because yeah. You get to a level in your career where it's like, 
come on. And you they have can't to do elevate that. if you, you want to elevate, you yeah, know? And yeah. it's like, otherwise you kind of stay in this same field. And mm. if you're not happy, you have to change it up. And mm. it it's not always easy. Yeah. But in the end, like you said, yeah, something better came up. And I was like, let's go. I love that. <laughs> I love that. So when it comes to rejection and, and, and you getting the nose or you getting, um, how can I say essentially typecast <laughs> yeah. certain things where there's like, no, nah, I should be good for this. Like, how, how was your process of dealing with that? Did you ever feel like you wanted to step away from it? Did you ever feel like you wanted to do something else or you just kind of kept trekking along and said, no, nah, I'm going to figure this out? You know, I don't know where this like, where this energy of like sticking with the plan A comes from, but it's been unwavering mm. for, for me personally. And I even had a friend say to me, recently like I don't know I don't know how you do it like I don't know how you go out for these like huge things right and like you're so close to the thing that changes your life and then you don't get it Jennifer Lawrence gets it or whoever you know and then you're like back to square one Mm -hmm. essentially right but uh I think that there comes a time and I feel like maybe Brian Cranston talks about this in an interview where it's like you just have to understand that it isn't personal. Mm-hmm. And also being on the other side of the camera, like I help a lot of my filmmaker friends cast and um, you know produce things. And there really are incredible talent in front of you. And it's not, any one of them can do an amazing job. Mm-hmm. And it'll come down to something very, very minute that you can't even sometimes explain. So it's like, you kind of have to have that understanding in the back of your mind where it isn't it isn't personal and Absolutely. therefore you cannot take it personally. Yeah. My job is to go in there and or self-tape mm. nowadays, right? Yeah, is to create something that's authentic, that's in the moment, that is fun given the circumstances and just create something mm. and then move on. Absolutely. You know, and I think like as a young actor you kind of like harbor on like, oh, I should have done this. I should have said this. I should have whatever. But it's like you can't change that. What you can change is how you approach the next thing. Absolutely. You know? You want to win your auditions. You want to win. You know, I don't even like to call them auditions anymore. I call them opportunities. You exactly. Know, tapes, like I love that. My godfather, Obabatunde, he's a really well-known actor. But, um, you know, he's really just helped me out in so many ways in terms of like just my career over the years, right? With coaching and yeah. all kinds of things. And, um you know, his, his thing that he always definitely say, it's like, yo, it's not about how long you've been alive, it's about how long you've been paying attention, right? Yeah. So if you're doing the work, if you're taking a step back and you're like, all right, you know, like, let me just dedicate time to this craft. Let me just double down on what I'm doing. Uh, the nose, I got to realize is part of the process. Oh, yeah. You know, and, and part of that process is weeding out the week. You know, because yep. <laughs> it really, it really, it really hits too. Once you get, yeah. you get a testing deal, yep. you get the offer, yep. you see the numbers, the yep. season deals, you know, and then something happens, whatever, you know? So what I, what I always love about actors is like just the, 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 the confidence to continue to stay in this shit. Yeah. It's the craziest shit. It's the, cr- it's the craziest thing. Like over, like, over what? the years, like think about the, the, the amount of rapid changes that has happened over the years. We're yeah. talking about this before, yeah. right? And mm-hmm. it's like from 
social media not even existing to social media now to where you used to have to walk in and give a headshot to where that's not even a thing now. Nope. You're having director sessions over your cell phone. Yeah, it's insane. You it's, know? It's, it's insane. So when it comes to your personal life, right? How do you feel like your work affects things with like your relationship and like just things that you want to do separately from it. Do you feel like you have a good balance on that? And if so, like, how do you feel like you obtained a balance? Because you have a fiance. Shout out to I Andrew. Do. You know Shout what I'm saying? No, I'm saying. Um, <laughs> but but so so look, you so you you're about to get married. You've been in the game for a few years. You're on the back end with doing projects, with producing and developing and writing as well. So in the process of all your business, like, what's your routine, your formula to keep yourself sane and and and, and just to keep yourself balanced and all this? I think part of it really, I think it's so important to kind of check your surroundings, check who you're with, who you're spending the most time with, you know, who are the people who are the naysayers and who are the people who are passionate and actually doing things. Because sometimes people can get in this you know, rut of someone complaining about, I didn't get this because so-and-so. I'm never going to get this because the industry is changing. I'm never going to get this. But what Mm. if you change the narrative and you're like, okay, I didn't get this because whatever, but that's okay. You know why? Because I have all these other things I'm working on, Mm -hmm. all these other things I want to accomplish. And so I think that who you surround yourself with is very important Mm -hmm. in any industry, but especially in this industry of, you know, just wanting to be successful, but also cheering on the people around you. It's like when you do book a huge thing, like who, who are the people who are supporting you, you know, versus the people who are like radio silent. And you're like, "Hmm, that's interesting. And then they just pop up. Yeah. And then they pop up in your DM and you're like, what's up? Um, (laughs) But I think in terms of like sanity Mm -hmm. and I feel like this is such a 2022 thing, but like self care is a big thing. Mm. I, I meditate. I swear by meditations and it's really, it's, it's changed my life in so many ways because we're in a very go, go, go world. And Mm -hmm. also I'm from New York. That's Mm -hmm. like in my DNA mentality, you know, and just like having those five minutes, 10 minutes, whatever it is to just center yourself, Mm -hmm. to just ground yourself and say like, what is it that I want to accomplish today? What am I feeling? Um, you know, what just, what is my, what is my vibe? Mm-hmm. And like, how can I carry something positive into this day, no matter what comes at me? Um, and also I leave room for fun. See, I, I love that. <laughs> I, I, I love to have fun, I'm honestly. Not, no, and, and that's the thing. It's like, it's like, I'm a big fan of like chasing joy. Yeah. Right? And when I say chasing joy, um, I learned that with chasing energy and it's it meaning in every moment of the day, I like to surround myself with just joyful energy. Even yeah. if I'm by myself, um, if I'm with good friends, if I'm with people I'm collaborating with, even my girl, like yeah. the energy has to feel joyful because I feel like when it puts me in a lighter spirit, I'm at my best. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? But when it comes yeah. to the meditation thing, you know, I've really, really been learning this concept, but it's like I've learned that, you know, prayer is you talking to God, but meditation is how God talks to you. Mm, I love that. You know? So, yeah. Because you're, you're putting yourself in a position to now receive and, yeah. and, and allow just to be like, all right, when I got to meditate, when I close my eyes, when I do these breathing exercises, I find myself 
noticing the difference between um, passing thoughts and ideas. Mm-hmm. So it helps me categorize things in my own head, in my brain now. So I'm like, all right, like if I'm feeling anxious, if I'm feeling stressed out, um, taking that 10 minutes just to be like, yo, all right, I'm going to go to the breathing app. Yeah. I'm going to put on 10 minutes and just breathe and just focus on pure breath. A lot of the times I come out of that meditation looking at the situation just like a lot more at ease in terms of like, all right, even though I feel like this is like a big complicated thing, I know I now feel more at ease on taking step by step to get through this, you know, and, and absolutely, doing what you, do, you know, so that's why I love you brought the meditation. I've been we've been talking about this every episode you know, like, <laughs> I swear, because it's crucial. You'll literally lose your mind. Yeah. And, you and you know? I always think about this, you know, when you see like someone arguing at a grocery store mm-hmm. over something really stupid yeah. or like someone cuts you off and they're like, I'm driving here. And mm-hmm. you're like, I bet you if this person meditated for five minutes every day, you wouldn't react that way. At all. At all. It's, it's an it's a autopilot mentality. Yep. You know? And, um, and I feel like that's the difference between like leaders and bosses. It's like, you know, over the years, I love how you move, right? I, I always see you positioning yourself for magic to happen, right? Like you're always with like good people. We always run to each other at random places, but it's like people we both know. Yes. It's like, oh, your friends are Christian. Oh, yeah. that's my boy. Well, this yeah, is your boy. Yeah. Well, hey, you work with Darren? Well, his manager's my boy. Like, yep, and yep. it's just like, it's always like a, like a good frequency. It's like a reflection of that person. Yes, you know? absolutely. And, and, and you talking about like, yo, you got to have good people around you because I, I, I've seen what can happen to a person when you have a bunch of yes men around mm-hmm. you, right? Um, totally. Nick Ritchie was one of my other guests on the episode. He was talking about uh, how it's important to keep yourself tethered. When you have good friends, they can either help you from falling on your face mm-hmm. or help you just from, like, doing too much. It's kind of like, yo, pull back. You know Absolutely. what I'm saying? And yeah. um, with... You now, you know, in the process of doing these shows, you're, you're, you're working, you're doing print campaigns, you're on billboards in Hollywood right now as we speak <laughs> on another print campaign, right? So yeah, is, there, is there anything that you're focused on in the back end, like in terms of like writing, directing, producing? What's up, everyone? This episode was sponsored by the Infinity, Infinity Energy. Make sure you go to infinityenergy.com and get the energy from within. It is a tea-based natural energy shot with B and C vitamins inside of it. Again, it's a natural tea-based energy shot with no bullshit, won't make you jittery. Make sure you go to infinity.com and enter my promo code, Don's Perspective. Get you a box, man. Um, so it's, it's very funny that you asked me that because, yes, um, I, I've actually always been a writer in a sense. I, you know, I used to win, like, poetry awards and essay scholarships. And then there comes a point where you're like, oh, well... I don't know how to do that type of writing, so that scares me. And then you you kind of put it away, and you're like, one day I'll do that. One day I'll do that. But I was writing down what I wanted to manifest this year. Okay. And I was like, I want to write a TV show. Badass. And I have read a million scripts. Have I taken, like, specific screenwriting, pilot writing, Bible writing, you know, the, the pilot Bible classes? No. But I can totally do this. And um, it's funny because I wrote my first short last year and it was like for the Soho Film Festival. And I was hitting up all of my writer friends. I was like, hey, is this format right? Does this is this funny? Is this does this make sense? Mm -hmm. And they were like, oh, this is like 
pretty good. And then it ended up like getting in like the top 20 of this thing. And then, you know, they ended up making only uh, the top 10. But I was like, I think I have like some, you know, untapped. It gave you confidence. Yeah. You belief like, yeah, yeah, I can actually do this. And I think that without taking that first step, you're never going to be able to accomplish anything because you're just going to have that fear block you from taking Absolutely. it. And um, so Andrew and I are actually in the process of writing a short primarily for um, material, like we were saying, how do you get out of like the typecast box, right? It's like showing people, casting directors, producers, what you're capable of. And, and so, they seen either. Exactly. Yeah. Like the, the phone booth thing, yeah. right? My friend wrote that knowing what I can do, knowing I speak the language. Love and that. so we've kind of been developing this uh, short just as like um, almost like a thesis for ourselves and for our own craft to see how far we could go. You know, where can we take it? How creative can we be? And I think the more you do it, the more confidence you get in anything. Absolutely. Um, and I've been shadowing some producers also on sets because I think... I'm a creative producer. Yeah. I'm good at like connecting people and remembering like, oh, this person is a great actor. He'd be good for this role. Mm -hmm. um, or this person's great on, you know, with whatever. But I've never done like fiscal monetary budgeting. And I think- It's a different type of producing though. Absolutely. You know, a lot, that type of producing, I like getting my numbers guys because that's what they do. You know, I'll, bring all, I'll, I'll find the right numbers guy yep. type of producing. I'll find yeah. all the pieces and then the actual jobs. You guys are better than me. At exactly. Those things, so that's why Let them do their exactly. thing. Exactly. But, you know, we spoke to one of our good friends who's like a, a very successful, you know, Oscar winning producer. And he he said that that exactly. But then when we asked him, like, well, you know how to like do, you know, hot budgets and all this. And he's like, yeah, Absolutely. And so I think learning the fundamentals of anything can only be of use to you. Mm -hmm. And then you let whoever is the professional do the rest. Absolutely. But, you know, I want to be able to, like, look at a budget and understand, oh, like, we can take money from there. We can add money here. Mm -hmm. And if only I could do that well, with, I mean, with it, my it, own it shopping. It comes with the experience, though, because uh, I remember... Uh, I graduated from LA Film School back in like 2013, right? And, and this is a trade school. I didn't want to go to like a four-year university. Yeah. I, didn't, I had scholarships. I had four rides at UCSB, UCSD, Indiana for different sports. But long story short, um, I decided to go to LA Film School. And I like the fact that for the first six months, before what we uh, before we decided on like what we want to like really focus on and majoring and like tap into, we tried everything on set. Mm -hmm. Just because... We needed to all be in a position to know a little bit about everything so we can have the conversation. Absolutely. So if I need to talk to my gaffers about something, I need to talk to my DP, if I need to talk to the first AD, if I need to go and talk to sound, if I need to go talk to the second AD, like I know enough of everything yeah. to have a conversation and get the job done. Yeah. But that only comes with like the experience, right? Absolutely. And and and, and with you and Andrew right now creating like these shorts, um, I think it's so valuable because even with my own projects, right? I'm doing the exact same thing. I'm in the lab. I'm just writing, developing, doing storyboarding, mm -hmm. working this whole uh, package and process together. But it's to ultimately showcase what I feel like I haven't gotten a chance to show yet. Right. Now, for you as a woman, uh, and even just me, but I want to say as a woman, I know that 
a lot of times in the industry, I don't feel this way, but I know, again, how you said the world tries to put things on you. I feel like the industry tries to give women a, a, a window. Yeah. Like a box, like, okay, you only have this X amount of time. Right. And if you're not, once you hit this point, then we're going to go to the next year. And it's like, right. you know, you, 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 you watch these shows, you know, by like Issa Rae or, you know, Lena Dunham, who are these completely different shows or completely different characters, right? But they're like, you know what? I'm just going to write my own shit. Right. And, and I'm going to put myself in a position to win to where that can't even be like a option anymore right so is that your intention is that why because like because that's why i respect that i love that it's funny that you mentioned isa i think that was like one of my aha moments where Mm. i was like i loved the show a because it was so relatable and these girls having fun but there are struggles and relationships and you know everyone has their own unique story yeah and I think it was right around the time like Rami came out also and Rami. he has his background and incorporates that with his family, which I'm like, I have so many of those like with my Ukrainian background. And then, you know, Fleabag came out and I was like, yes, girl, like swept the Emmys. Yeah. And it just kind of makes you think of like what people relate to is original stories because those stories can't be retold in that same way yes they're they so unique they're they're authentic first of yes. all yes and that's for first of all that's acting and filmmaking as, as finest absolutely you know what i'm saying so yeah. that's why i love that yeah. so is, is that what you guys are more focused on are you developing stories more so around like your background in ukraine or or what's the vibe sort of like, it's it's kind of like you know what it feels like to grow up in a place that you consider home but it doesn't it doesn't feel like home when you're growing up because mm-hmm. you're also foreign. Yeah. You know, and I think for me it was so conflicting because when I went back to my mother country, I was also foreign there. Yeah. Because it's been I such a long time. I didn't grow up there. Yeah. You know, and I have so different. Uh, I sound different, I dress different, maybe I even look different. Um so it was such a weird identity crisis. Right, because you're like, well, here I'm, I'm identified as this as Ukrainian this. American because mm-hmm. I'm not actually American. But then you go back to your country, and they're like, you American, and you're like, what am I? Um, but I think within that, there's also a lot of comedy and heart, um, with all you know, the 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 drama and the roller coasters. Well, that's and- what they say. Uh, you know, a lot of comedians say that their their comedy comes from like them being broken. Oh, absolutely. You know, their comedy comes from their pain. You know, and yeah. Um, I, I I actually wanted to lead into this topic. I'm so glad you brought up identity, right? Because, you know, I feel like most people might come across you, might assume like, oh, she's probably been like this her whole life. Mm-hmm. What What was your life like, and how were you like this when you were a kid? Like, or how did you grow up from young Veronica to now, Veronica? Were you always like like smiling <laughs> and, and outgoing, and or or like how how did that person grow into now? You know what I'm saying? Um, I think that's a great question. I recently, um, I did an interview for uh, my friend Fredo, and he asked me to dig up some home footage. Mm -hmm. And these are things that I haven't seen in a very long time. And some of them were like my first storytelling contest where I was like in front of my whole school performing a book. And I'm literally in the second grade, third grade, and I'm just on the stage with this mic, with my Brooklyn accent, telling this story. I love that. 
So there was an element of like the outgoing personality that was always a thing. Mm -hmm. But I think the confidence in identity in like being who you are and not trying to be like everybody else Mm -hmm. that I think has changed in a way. Um, Like what? I think just even something as, as, as small as like your sense of style, right? Like growing up, I always wanted to like dress like all the other kids. Like if they had gap sweaters, I was like, mom, I want a gap sweater. Right. But now I could just like wear whatever I want mm-hmm. and like do whatever I want. And not be like not because else. someone else is doing it or not because someone else thinks it's cool. Mm-hmm. And in a way, it's it's funny because you influence other people. You're almost like the trendsetter in some regard. No, it's 1,000 what it is. So it kind of like flipped the narrative Absolutely. when you could just like embrace who you are and stop trying so hard to be everybody else yeah. because they're all taken there's yeah. there's literally only one of you i love that because it, even for me growing up mixed right um for a lot of time like a lot of situations uh i'll be told i wasn't black enough or that like i was uh i was uh i'll be with the white people and i'll, I'll be the black guy like it was just weird i was always like so this, weird like, mix so of, like, weird. Like, with this group and this group right and for the while for the longest i used to kind of feel like okay where do i belong like where do i go right yeah and it, it had to have this own understanding of like oh i belong wherever i am meaning like i'm here so if i'm here like i can belong on both sides because yeah i i'm black but i'm also middle eastern and I can right. go kick with all the Lebanese and Armenians and I go kick with the Latinos and whatever. But it's yeah. like, I understand both that kind of, I'm not saying that anybody can't do that, but I started understanding uniqueness in myself. Like, oh, I may not be like you, but the reason why I'm like me is so I can maybe bring someone like you and somebody like this together. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, fast forward, you're now in the process of writing these projects. You're now in the process of putting things out. Did you feel like in these projects you're creating, are you implementing ideas of identity issues into what you're doing or anything like mental health wise in terms of like things you struggle with to your writing or? I think so. I mean, I think it's interesting because some people write from experience Mm. and some people write purely from imagination. And I, I find that the most interesting way for me is to combine the two. Because you don't just want to relive your life or relive your traumas or relive, but you want to plant a seed that could maybe help somebody else who's dealing with the same thing. 1000%. And, you know, I help with this German ambassador for this charity, Buddha Bullying, and sometimes we'll go to schools and we'll talk to the kids and, you know, I'll ask them, like, does anyone here get bullied? And a lot of kids will raise their hands and I'm like... Does anyone here, you know, speak another language? And they'll raise their hand and I'll be like, has anyone ever like commented on, you know, whatever language you speak? Mm-hmm. Has that been like a topic of conversation? And and they would say, yeah, like people would make fun of me for it. Yeah. And I'm like, well, you know, guess what? Cut to nowadays, I get to use that in my work. I get to talk to other people from this country. Like today, actually, at, at this event, it was that two girls came up to me and they were like, um, we're from Ukraine. We're such big fans. And like, 
you know, thank you for like speaking about these topics and, you know, we're really inspired by that. But if I had hid that part of my personality or life, then that would never have come to light or give other people, you know, the encouragement to do the same. So I think, I think writing um, can be very therapeutic, but also very creative. You know, yeah. you could do whatever you want. You can make up any story, yeah. you know, and it, and it can have just like a little seed of, of your dynamic with your parents, right? But it also could be completely different and that's okay too. You know, I actually struggled with that for a while when I was trying to find my voice in my writing. Mm -hmm. You know, um, as you know, when you write, that's your voice. Like you're speaking yeah. so loud through, not only through a story, but through characters and moments, right? Yeah. And I found myself like, I remember when I first started trying to figure out like what I want to write about, I was too much imagination. Yeah. Because then I started going off on ideas and writing things I didn't really know about. And I was like, damn, this shit don't connect. Ah, there's a loophole in this. Yeah. All right, I got to, you know. And then I would start, you know, writing, like, about the reality of certain things. But then I was like, oh, maybe I shouldn't put them on blast. Right. Maybe I shouldn't put their shit out there like that. So how do I, I'm like, oh, okay, well. I can get these characters and just put this in this different world, different names, whatever. But then now you start to play with the imagination. Like you're saying, it's kind of yes. like a, okay, yeah. let me get here and here. But I feel like you, you, you get that through experience, you know? And I yeah. feel like some of my best stories have come through my failures, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. By, you know, uh, having to consistently strive for new manifestations, you know? So when I think back, about anything I want to write about or anything that anybody wants to write about, I always encourage people to like take a step back and think about the past four years of your life. Mm -hmm. Where were you at and where are you at now? Yeah. You're either going to be going up yes. or going down. That's and a good way to look at either it. Either way, yeah. it's a story arc. You take four years, four years. Yeah. What were you doing four years ago? Are you doing better? Then what the hell happened that between that four years? Yeah. You know, if you're doing worse, what decisions caused you to go left? Right. And then now what are you going to do to get out of that? Yeah, I love that. You know, I, it, it's, it's funny because like, I feel like it also kind of correlates to acting, right? Because some actors draw from experience yeah. and some people use the as if, mm -hmm. right? Because if you've never been in that position, how could you write about it? But you could. Yeah. If you've never been in that situation, how could you be that character? But you could, mm -hmm. right? So that's kind of like where our artistic juices are flowing because you can create these things that may not have been done before absolutely you know i'm just always fascinated by jk rowling like JK how did beast. she create She's harry potter beast, yeah. Honestly, how did she do it uh you know what when you hear her story yeah and it's fascinating yes. it'll happen on a little napkin i know and here we are there's hogwarts world at universal studios and there was a three-hour wait the last time i went you know and to me uh i, I think here for example jk rowling right everybody knows where she first started wasn't doing shit honestly wasn't really being noticed and i love the fact that that she wrote a whole concept about a world that she never experienced but had so many uh life experiences and yes. life messages in there that's like it's life and, 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 and i feel like those become the best written moments so it doesn't matter how old you are but 
it gets to a point when you experience enough life and like downfalls and you're at your low, sometimes those become your best stories because yeah. that's where mine came from. Yeah. When I was at my lowest point, I remember one year I was at, it was a New Year's party. It's going to brand new year. We're at Yamashiro. Uh-huh. All my friends are partying and I'm just having this like epiphany, like, yo, what do I want to create? Like, I feel like for the longest time I want to talk about my life and I feel like, you know, what's been going on in my life needs to, like, be showcased somehow. Not like a party way, right? Um, to keep it short and sweet, I realize, I'm like, wow, everywhere you go in Hollywood, everyone puts on a personality mask. Everyone acts like everything is going great. Mm-hmm. And half the time I talk to people, shit is fucked up. <laughs> There's so much fucked up, like, shit going on. They have issues with the girl or friends or this person happened. There's so much shit going on, but you're acting, you're carrying yourself like everything is perfect. And I'm like, oh, my God. Like, I feel like, so I started taking a lot of my own personal moments and I in- included that, you know. But with you, you know, talking about how you're like, yo, I go and talk to kids about bullying. I talk to these girls and these other kids that are like, yo, if you speak your language, don't feel separated or feel different from who you are, but apply that to you, your uniqueness, and that's why I actually get you more opportunity. Yeah. You know? Um, when it comes to like, how can I say like your family? Like, were they against you becoming an actress and when they go into no. the world and like, no, they were actually um, like super cool about they it. They were super cool about it, which. I think is, you know, so amazing. But um, so my my father used to be a professional soccer player, Dope. football player, and um, he played for a team called Dynamo Kiev, which was, you know, the best team in Ukraine. And he's just always said that some of his favorite moments of his whole life were on that field and how it felt for him every morning to wake up and to love what he did. Mm. And then he got into a skiing accident and he had knee surgery and he couldn't play anymore. And I think part of that story has always made him be like to his children, you guys should do what you love because I got to feel how that felt and I want you guys to feel that too. And you know, I, I started acting and modeling as a kid and then I stopped because they had to take time from work and it was like just chaos. Um, but they were like, you know, when you get older, if you still want to do it, then do it. But, you know, it, you're going to have to do it yourself. You're going to have to pay for your classes and you're going to have to commute to the city and down. do those workshops. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll support you, mm-hmm. but you're going to have to do the work. And I think... Part of that made me realize, like, A, how difficult it was. And B, that, you know, if if I do get success, I also kind of did it mm-hmm. from nothing. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, like, a very beautiful achievement because it's, you know, it's easy to, to accomplish things when you have everyone helping Absolutely. you or you have, you know, nepotism or, or whatever, whatever it is. It is. Yeah. But... I think just someone saying like, I support what you do mm-hmm. and that being enough to be a driving factor of like, yeah, this is, this is what makes me feel most whole or most happy. And, you know, like I went to a, a technical high school. I went to a math and science high school where you had to have, you know, specific um, grades on a test to even get accepted. 
And at one point, I don't, I still don't even know how this happened, but my average was 102.7. I have this report card. Yeah, I would have cheated off you. Huh? Oh yeah, everyone always cheated off me. <laughs> Y'all know who you are. Um, but you know, I really, it, it was like being like a 15 year old, like what do I do with my life? Do I go into law? Do I, you know, do I go do this? And like, I'm good at math and I'm good at science and I'm good at history. But all I cared about was like play practice after mm. school. Like that's what I looked forward to. And I just kind of, took that and ran with it. I was like, that's what makes me happy. That's what makes me feel most like myself. Yeah. Yeah. I, I always tell people, I feel like my mom said, right. Um, I feel like I'm breathing, you know, but I also understand the flip side of the coin too. You know, when I've talked to some of my other castmates who's even been working longer than me, done bigger projects. And, um, I always think it's interesting when I hear him say like, you know, after a while, like every project kind of takes a little bit out of you. And I'm not really in the space to fully, uh, I understand it, but not relate. Right. Um, because I feel like, you know, every time I do a project, it gives me something. I leave yeah. better. I leave smarter, wiser, yeah. stronger than the person I walked in. Yeah. Um, but I, I started learning the flip side of the coin. It's like after a certain while, when you're at the mercy to somebody's yes for the rest of your life, mm-hmm. and you're just doing this project, this project, this project, it's kind of like you're always kind of not able to just create or use your voice or, right. you know, you're always like, like it's, you know, it, 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 that's why I feel like people can lose themselves. You know, people can totally suicide, they mental health wise they don't have good people around so you know I, I i i love that again that you as a leader you as a woman and and just as a spirit right because i believe that we're just spiritual beings and physical biases in the i mean day, we right? literally are literally. we're just balls of energy that's all it is <laughs> and I, I i appreciate you know the energy you always bring because i can tell that you're walking lead by example and you're you're showing what it takes to to manifest your opportunities, but then to put in the work. Because all I heard today was like, yeah, I went here, I went here, I did this, I studied here, I did this, I dealt with that, I dealt with that. So fast forward, now people see you manifesting things and yeah. posting pictures on your IG on this billboard, this show's coming out, and now you got this movie. It's like, there's a process to becoming that person, but it's like, you know, I, I appreciate how you carry yourself because it's such a, positive role model as just to women and i want more women just in general just to look up to women like you and, and just doing the work because not everyone wants to do that men and women yeah. just yeah. do the work trust the process make the process fun yes and trust that whatever is meant for you won't be missed you know yeah i think surround yourself like we talked about earlier surround yourself with good people and stay creative and i think that you know i've been on sets where you can tell some of the people are are at the end of their you know charisma with the career they've chosen and um (laughs) i'm always like very in like i wish i could sit down with them and just be like what what is going on here like you're you're a lead of a show that's been on for you know and so so i i totally understand what you're referring to but it's also like when I'm in those situations, I'm like, no offense, but I will never be like that. Thank I you. will be the person on the set that is 
knows their shit, knows their line, treats the co-star just as good as I treat the series regular. I know everybody's name and I treat everyone with respect and it I don't matters. think I'm better than anybody. It really matters because I, yeah. I'm not going I'm not going to talk about what project whatever, but same thing I've been on a set yes. where the number 1 Mhm didn't set the positive tone for everybody yeah. in the process of working with them. It makes it very difficult and it's not fun. <laughs> unenjoyable. It's it, not enjoyable. It's not. And so you learn what not to do. Yes. I think it's just as important, you know, because, again, we're going to be in those positions to where yeah. you're number one. As soon as you walk on the set, everybody's like, what's up? Yeah. You know? So yeah, you do. You, you set the tone. You set that energy. And, yeah. it, like, if you feel like this work is draining you or taking something out of you everyone else feels it too trust yes. me like we all get the vibe and yeah it's um it it's just it puts everyone in a place of like not creativity it's like quite the antithesis of your like when is this gonna be over and you you don't it doesn't have to be that way you know and also if you're over it that's fine but move on and then someone else can take your job and and do just fine and that happens all this fucking <laughs> you time. know spray it up so do you, do you have anything coming up that you want to mention you want to talk about that you're working um, on what's going on i i wrapped a film at the end of last year called uh, isabel's garden okay and i played a a really fun character named rebecca um and they're in the process of editing and, you know, doing the whole like festival route and stuff. But I, I just had such a fun time on that set. Um, it's like a, a cute little independent film, but it's also about like women. It's, it's empowering women. And it's like my character when she's first introduced, you know, there's like a slow-mo shot of her and like the main protagonist hates her because she thinks she's going to like steal her job. Mm. But in the end, you realize, like, they're all just after the same thing, and they're not competition to one another. Wow. And, you know, they end up actually working on something together to elevate both of them, both of their positions. That's um, real shit, though. That's how it actually yeah. is. You're not allowed to just compete with yourself and not everybody else, and then yeah. you end up helping out the whole squad. And I loved it. It's a, a female director, and she also wrote it, and... Um, yeah, it was, it was just, like, such a fun experience. So I don't know when that's coming out mm. yet, but... Um, hopefully soon, so soon. I can share. Honestly, uh, that, that was another thing I brought on this podcast. I was like, being being an actor, a filmmaker, um, the the in between process is always the most like crazy. Oh yeah, right. Yeah. It's like we do a project and it's like shit. You just never know. Out? You're like, <laughs> fuck, right, if, gonna, ever, <laughs> if ever, if <laughs> ever, it's gonna come out in a year, <laughs> six months, two years, or three, five. All right, whatever. Yeah. Now you're coming out. But you know what I'm saying? It's like boyhood, like 13 years later. Literally, literally. You know, it's, it, 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 it's, it's, it's just always like funny how that shit happens. But yeah. I know that you also do a lot of your own content creation in terms of like your own brand, your own like, uh, well, you have your own brand in terms of how you market yourself. Yeah. But then do you have your own brand in terms of anything you're doing outside of that? Um, not at the moment. Um, it's definitely something I've talked to my manager about. I'm just like passionate about so many things, um, you know, beauty things like beauty space and you'll kill the makeup. Fashion. What are you doing? <laughs> Why don't you put out your own makeup line or something? You would kill I, that. I way. think that it's it's uh, on my bucket list. It's like it's on my to do list. I think that timing is everything in in a lot of respects, and I think that um, that's something I will absolutely hopefully get the opportunity to do because it's such a passion of mine and you know I feel like 
up until now, a lot of things I've I've written on that list have yeah. have been checked off, which is very cool. But it's like that list grows every year too. I feel that. You know? I feel that. I understand. Um, so that's definitely on there. I love fashion. Um, I would love to have like some sort of either collab with, you know, a brand I love or um, just being able to create my own styles. Mm-hmm. Um, I swear you just need to do your own makeup line. Absolutely. Okay. Work in progress. Make it by dash. Tell girls you look dashing. Make it by dash. Let's you know go. Come on. That's, yeah, I got your slogan. But we look, uh, seriously, thank you so much for coming on the episode today. Thanks for having you me. Know? This was so fun. I know. I, I, I feel uh, really thankful just to have you come on here and articulate things the way you did because I know a lot of women just in general, I feel like in the process of just developing their own identity uh, can mentally go hard on themselves you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. just to know that like uh accepting part like accepting what makes them different to realize that's what makes them unique i think is such a powerful tool yeah you articulate that so well so thank you so much for coming on the episode today I appreciate honestly you. make sure to go Thanks follow veronica at veronica dash on her socials <laughs> um this is veronica dash everywhere right yeah everywhere yeah. go 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 i claimed it all she, she, go go check her out she got a lot of stuff coming up um and again make sure to like and subscribe this is the inspire to inspire podcast we've been switching up the locations a little bit you know your boy moved so you know what i'm saying we had to switch up the vibe but we appreciate y'all tuning in and uh that was a banger appreciate you thank you